Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This podcast explores all the things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, 3 years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sponsoring this podcast with a one-time donation or a monthly donation by clicking the link in my Instagram bio at loveletters and mixtapes or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode. Well, here we are. We are at the end of one year and the start of a new one. And pretty much every single time I've gone on social media in the last two weeks, I have seen people posting about their New Year's resolutions, their goals, everything that they're going to accomplish in 2023. And it really made me think because initially when I see things like that, a lot of resistance rises up in me because I think time isn't even real. (laughs) You know, New Year's Day isn't that much different from New Year's Eve. So what is this magical fake line that changes things for us? And why would that be any different? And why would we wait until the start of a new year to do something? But once I move past that resistance and stop being the dark rain cloud misanthrope that I am, I actually sit with it and I think, wow, that's actually very helpful because you're looking at the previous year or the previous few years, and in some way, even if they're not using this word, people are doing a gentle inventory and they're looking at what was going on in their life, what wasn't working, what was out of alignment, what didn't feel good, And pretty importantly, what do they want? What do they want their life to be? What do they want their relationships to feel like? Who do we want to be in this world? And when I can focus on that, it does make a lot of sense to do this. And it's really interesting when we do this as a collective. So, of course, I thought about my year, my 2022, my very transformative 2022 And I hesitate to talk about very personal things on this podcast because I think that sometimes that can get misconstrued. Anytime I'm talking about something that I've experienced, it's because I know I'm not special. I know that there's someone out there listening who is going through the same feelings, the same thoughts, and you may not be going through the same details, the same circumstance, but It's not about those details. It's about what it brings up within you. So all that to say, I was thinking about my experience with rejection in 2022. And I was a little nervous to talk about it because who wants to talk about the experiences or the feelings that we think of as negative, right? It garners a lot of strange attention. And there's some kind of distorted belief that only talking about joy or accomplishments or the positive ways that we evolve is beneficial to people. And I don't really agree with that. I think about some of the things that really came up in my own life that were so challenging, but they were also so transformative. And that's the medicine. That's the magic right there. No one ever looks at the perfect parts of my life or the things that go really well and say, oh, I really learned a lesson from that person. But when I can sit in humility 
and offer that vulnerability and say, I was like that too, or I had that experience, or this didn't go really well for me, or I was insecure about this thing. I honestly feel like that's what people connect to. So when I talk about my experience with rejection in 2022, I initially, I don't know, almost like my chest clenches. I don't want to talk about it. It's like when I put that episode out about loneliness and I got some strange reactions. People were like, what's wrong with you that you just came out of a pandemic and you feel lonely or you live in a city where you don't know anyone in the middle of a pandemic and you feel lonely. And I thought it was the most normal thing on earth. And it really helped when people responded and said, no, that that was so powerful because I too experienced that all the time. And you almost feel like a failure when you talk about those really human experiences. When you talk about feeling lonely as an adult or feeling lonely in a relationship or lonely in a friendship, just not being seen or connected. And instead of catastrophizing it, I think it really helps when we look at situations like that and say, maybe that's just part of the journey. That's us evolving. That's us growing. It's us expanding into different areas of our life. And it doesn't feel perfect immediately. If you thought that loneliness episode was weird, just buckle up for this episode on rejection because (laughs) it was by far and away what I experienced in 2022. And so when we talk about rejection, immediately people think about intimate partnerships, right? We're just programmed to associate rejection with dating or relationships or marriage. And yes, there was a lot of rejection in my personal life this year, but it was in a lot of different relationships. And I think it's important to talk about that feeling of rejection and where it shows up and how it shows up so that we can actually name it. Just pause for a moment and think about how many times what you were actually experiencing was the shame or the insecurity or the loneliness of rejection and you didn't have the words for it. Well, welcome to this podcast where I apparently have no problem talking about my own experience of rejection. But it was interesting for me this year because it showed up in so many different areas. Yes, it showed up in my personal relationships, but it also showed up at work, in my professional life, a place where rejection is actually very poignant when it happens. It happened in my physical body. I have shared on here before that I had a very challenging year with regard to my health, and many times it felt like my body was even rejecting me. And I had all of these issues that I had never dealt with before. And it really spun me out in a lot of ways, made me very insecure, uh, caused a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry, a lot of challenge to my hopefulness because I didn't know what was just around the corner. And I also think about rejection in friendship groups and how this pandemic that we were experiencing at whatever degree you experienced it at, it was happening in the world and our lives were shifting and the things we thought were very part of the normal rhythm of our lives were just taken away overnight. And so we all had to recalibrate. And I think in that recalibration, there was a lot of truth. There was a lot of messiness. 
There was a lot of acting out. There was a lot of, I guess, character defects or the things that we would normally hide from other people that came out because we didn't have these outlets that we were used to in our lives. And I think about all of that and how rejection was this theme weaving through my life all year. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because it was the most powerful messenger for what I would like to focus on and how I would like to ground and channel my energy into the next year. So maybe you experienced something else. Maybe you didn't experience rejection this year and good for you because it was very, very painful. (laughs) But think about that for a moment. Think about what was the theme of your year? What showed up in your intimate partnerships? What showed up in your friendships, in your physical health, in your professional life? And what is the message you can take away from that? And I'm not trying to put a shiny, happy spin on any of it. Trust me. We're in the end of December 2022 and rejection has been just bossing me around and destroying my life all year. So I am not telling you that you have to make everything pretty or feel good or wrap it up in a bow. But I am saying, is there anything we can take from what we experienced to cast a vision into this new year that we're walking into? Is there anything we can learn? Is there anything we can call from some of the pain that was brought up in our lives from some of the loss or some of the negative self-talk? You know, there's that phrase I love to share on this podcast because it means so much to me, but it's from Ram Dass and he says, everything is grist for the mill. And so when I look at my rejection, my experience with rejection, obviously my first instinct is to push it away. And to run away from it, right? Because it's so embarrassing that I felt rejection or that people, places, and things rejected me. But if I can move past that initial discomfort, that initial shame, that initial desire to not be known in relation to that negative experience, what happens when I sit with it? What happens when I really look at it? Or when I call it by its right name? Because I think a lot of us do that as well. We try to name things as something more palatable. So it's really hard to say, oh, I experienced rejection in my personal life. I experienced rejection in my professional life. I don't even feel like I can trust my body anymore. Because I feel like there's something inherently wrong with me, right? When you talk about some negative thing you're experiencing. But when we don't rush to run away from things and we actually connect with them, we can almost hear the message. And for me, there were a few messages that rose to the surface. The first message was, is what I experience who I am? Meaning, if I have these thoughts and feelings and a way of categorizing something I experienced, does that define me? Or does it simply define the situation? Does it define the dynamic? Does it really say something about who I am at my core, who I am as a person in all of my relationships or how I walk through the world? Or is it defining this certain dynamic in time and space? And that was pretty important because I think very quickly we can become extremely overwhelmed when we have those negative experiences. And 
aside from wanting to run away from them, we can also allow them to define us. And so part of this year was calling myself back home and saying, you know, rejection is what I'm experiencing, but it's not really about who I am. And so I encourage you to think about the things that you experienced this year that you would consider maybe negative and say, is this who I am at my core or is it something I experienced? And is it a very normal human experience that everyone goes through? You know, am I catastrophizing it in my own life? Can it just be part of my journey or does it have to be the whole thing? That's not always easy to do in the moment, so I'm not trying to gloss over it, but I am trying to encourage that that's one of the tools that you can implement when you do get stuck in those moments. Another message that rose to the surface for me was thinking about my initial experiences with rejection, my very early experiences with rejection, even in childhood when maybe I didn't have the language or I didn't have the worldly experience to understand what rejection was in relation to my entire life or the world. And what did that feel like? What did that feel like in my body? What did that feel like in my mind? And how different was my experience with rejection this year than those initial experiences with rejection? And how does it help to maybe just drop into that space, that younger version of you and check in with them and saying, okay, that's what you experienced and it was really poignant or maybe very life-changing or very challenging. And at the time it felt like everything was ending or that this thing defined you. And look at all of the things that have happened since. And I feel like checking in with those younger wounds can be very, very powerful because sometimes we forget that we are narrating our stories based on a much younger version of what we're experiencing. And when we call ourselves into the present while also honoring what we experienced in the past, that's pretty magical. It's really powerful for us because we're no longer trapped in those stories. We can navigate through them and we can write a new story based in the here and now. Another message that came through this year was how important it is to pay attention to how we navigate difficult feelings and situations. Not just the difficult feelings and situations themselves, but what tools in our emotional toolboxes are we using and relying on? And are they different than the ones we would have used in the past? Just thinking about my own life, I reflect on how I would have handled this amount of rejection 20 years ago. What tools did I have then? What was I relying on in those moments of discomfort when I wanted to turn away from different areas of my life or wanted to turn away from myself? What did I rely on? And where did that get me? And reflecting on what did I use this last year and how have I grown? Because it's very easy for all of us to beat ourselves up and say, well, this bad thing happened, right, that we deem as bad, that happened to us, so everything must be bad. Instead of looking at it and say, maybe this is just part of the human experience. Maybe we experience these ups, these downs, these positive or negative emotions, or these things that we can't even define. And that's just what we're here to do. And how have I shown up for myself? Am I rejecting myself as a response to rejection? Or am I calling myself home? 
Am I trying to connect with myself? Am I taking measures to self-soothe or practice self-care? All of those things are really important, and it really lets us know how we're showing up with regard to emotional sobriety and emotional resilience in these moments. And it took a while to integrate all of those messages and really anchor into what rejection was revealing to me in my own life. What was it forcing me to tell the truth about? And how powerful would it be if I actually walked closer to it rather than ran away from it? And I thought it was really important to talk about because whether or not your experience was rejection in 2022, that process, that alchemy is what we can all relate to. Looking at the thing that really challenged and changed us in this past year, and instead of running from it or turning the volume down, really sitting with it and saying, okay, so how can that inform the next year? How can I use that? How can I rely on that? How can I learn from it? And I thought about that for me this year after having so much rejection in so many areas of my life that one of the powerful messages I was going to take into 2023 was not measuring my insides by anyone else's outsides. Really being okay if even my own insides don't match my outsides. Being at peace with that and saying, it's all right if I'm not at perfect homeostasis at all times. That that's a very much a part of the human experience. And I'm still okay. I'm still acceptable to myself no matter what is happening outside of me. And I thought about the things that I feel most connected to, that I most value in my life, and how I wanted to walk closer to those things. And it really made me think about a quote that my friend Dan said to me a long time ago. It was a challenging period of my life, and it wasn't really giving me advice, but really just speaking to his own experience. And he just reminded me that God is an experience, not a person. So run as fast as you can towards God. And if someone can keep up, introduce yourself. And I love that. I loved his message. And I thought about how that walks parallel to my experience with rejection in this previous year. And it's not about romantic partnership. It's not about friendships. It's not even about the professional situation or even health. It's about everything. And it's about finding peace and understanding and being okay with who you are, where you are, with what is going on, and not allowing those situations, those thoughts, or those feelings to define us. You know, I think about that feeling of rejection I had very powerfully, even with regard to location. I moved earlier this year, and it was rejection that pushed me out of an unpleasant situation. It was the fire underneath me. It was all that rejection and feeling out of place that almost forced me to find something that would be a better fit. And so I encourage you to think about that in your own life. What is that pebble in your shoe that is just constantly irritating you or disturbing you or doesn't feel quite right? And what is it inspiring you to do? What solutions are you coming up with? What information are you taking in? What options are you considering that 
you wouldn't have if things had gone perfectly. Maybe you don't have to tell anyone about it because I sure didn't in my own life. <laughs> it was not something I wanted to talk about, but it was something that I was okay with and I knew it well and I was very in tune with it when it was happening. And I encourage you to check in with yourself and sit with that, that emotion that feels so unacceptable or that thought or that dynamic that you really can't shake. And maybe just connecting with it in small increments. I'm not saying do a huge deep dive on rejection because I think that would have taken me out, <laughs> but I had enough of it that I got to taste it every single day in these small little increments and really got to know it well. I connected with what it was showing me in my life. And I'm going to encourage you to do that, to not run away from it, to not allow it to be your entire story, but to be okay sitting at the table with it, almost as if you're a gracious host and these uncomfortable feelings have walked through the door and instead of chasing them out, you offer them a plate and you sit with them and you allow them to tell their stories you allow them to make you a little uncomfortable. And at the end of the night, you get to just show them to the door. And maybe they'll come back tomorrow. Maybe they won't. But you get to decide how you handle them. You get to decide what name you answer to. You get to decide how you see yourself in the world. And I don't say that to encourage any of us to just dismiss our own participation in situations. It's about looking at things with perspective or coming to a position of neutrality and being able to step back and be a witness and an observer and not be identified as something immediately. Maybe it's also a reminder that we can be gentle with ourselves. And through that gentleness, through that slowness or that softness, we can allow things to rise up within us that all that harshness, all those limitations we put on ourselves would actually prevent. If I had bullied myself this entire year about things that were going on with my physical health, things that were going on in my professional life or in my personal life, would I have heard the message? Would I have learned from them? Would I be channeling them and empowering myself as I move into this next year? Probably not because I'd be punishing myself and punishing ourselves can be a full-time job, but we're made for more. So I encourage you, whatever the theme was for you in 2022 that maybe shook you to your core or knocked you off balance or just made you feel uncomfortable, that approaching it from this new position of a witness instead of a storyteller can be really empowering. I wanted to close out this episode with some words that really meant something to me this year. And this was written by Nadia Boltz Weber. And she said, Maybe that is an invitation for us as well, that we too could take opportunities to just be quiet and listen for a new story, or maybe just a whole new way of understanding the old one. I know there are stories about who I am and what I've done and who has hurt me and what I deserve. These are those stories of mine that are so totally worn smooth by my retelling of them that I no longer think to ask myself, are they the most true thing? Or could the facts, 
with the actual facts of my life be reassembled to tell a different story that is equally true and maybe makes me less of a victim, or at the very least, makes me less miserable. And is that also true for you? Because maybe that old story of who you are and what you've done and who has hurt you and what you deserve is simply not the final edition. Maybe your old story is one destructive relationship after another, and maybe the only reason that's your story is because that's what your mom or dad did, and it's all you know. Or maybe you're so much older than people normally are when they realize they're gay, and for decades you've tried unsuccessfully to be straight, not knowing that anything else was possible. Or maybe your old story that you think is fixed in stone is that you aren't someone who has real faith or who has anything to give or that you're someone who is so strong you can't show any vulnerability. Or maybe your story is that you don't really deserve to be well-loved. These are things we just can't perceive when we are too busy telling worn-out old stories about ourselves and others and the world itself. So maybe when we silence the narratives about ourselves and others and the world itself that run on repeat in our heads that we have believed were the truth for so long, we get to embrace the terrifying beauty of what's possible without what's possible being imprisoned to what's come before. Until next time, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Take a moment to rate and review this podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider making a monthly donation to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode.